Hey, open up your Bibles. Open up your Bibles to the book of Luke. Come on, open your Bibles to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5, verse 1. Luke chapter 5, verse 1. 1. Uno. 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 Uno and aloha are like the only two other words I know other than English. Aloha is like Hawaiian, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, verse one, man. Uno. Hola, como esta? I'm very good. Oh. Esta muy bueno? Oh, what is it, bruh? Muy bien. Muy bien. You got you there? Come on, Luke 5, verse 1. All right, I'm going to start reading. It says this. Hey, crazy crowd. You ready? Verse 1, it says this. So it was, say so it was, as the multitude pressed about him. Who's him? To hear the word of God, that, the, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, and saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. You see the picture? Jesus on the boat teaching people. When he stopped speaking, he said, Jesus was a little bit like me, you know. When he stopped speaking, he just started again, you know. He just he stopped speaking, then he said again, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Now, you've got to understand, these guys are a bunch of fishermen. And so Jesus gets in their boat, and Jesus tells them to push out into the water, go a little bit deeper, and we're going we're gonna to put our nets out, and we're going to go for a catch. <clears throat> But Simon, who's Peter, answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. So apparently they'd been fishing all night long, working their butts off and got nothing. Okay. We caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them and they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. Lots of fish. Verse 8. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees. Key verse. When Simon Peter saw it, say, saw. saw. Not the movie Saw. It's a bad movie. Don't go watch that movie. Or Saw 2. Or 3. Or 4. Or 5. He fell down on his knees and said, Depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also James and John and the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. They forsook all and followed him. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, and we're going to begin our service tonight. We just got started. We just got started. I just got warmed up. Hey, I need a, anybody have a New Living translation? Anybody? New Living, NLT. You got it right there, bro? You want it on iPhone? I don't know. What does it say? What? International? You have the NLT? Yes, all right, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. <clears throat> all right, you there? Verse, oh, verse uh, 18, verse 19, verse 19, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 19. It says this, even though I am free, sorry, even though I am a free man with no master, I have become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. When I was with the Jews, I lived like a Jew to bring the Jews to Christ. 
When I was with those who followed the Jewish law, I too lived under the law. I did this so I could bring to Christ those who are under the law. When I am with the Gentiles who do not follow the Jewish law, I too live apart from that law so I can bring them to Christ. But I do not ignore the law of God. I obey the law of Christ. He's saying, I don't, it doesn't mean I just go do whatever I want. I still obey the law of Christ. I still do what Jesus tells me to do. Verse 22. When I am with those who are weak, I share their weakness. For I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. I do everything to spread the good news and share in its blessings. Oh, this is yours, man. You get the picture? Paul is saying he does everything he possibly can and becomes... All, all things, your translation probably says, he becomes all things to all men. He could win some. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you tonight. God, we're so thankful for how much you love us. God, we worship you tonight. Lord, we thank you so much for this time to gather. God, we ask for your grace on your word and on my, uh, just on my heart and on my life tonight, God, that you'd use me and use us, God, to hear your word, to receive your word, to walk in your word. Lord, teach us how to walk out your word. We don't want to just hear what the Bible says. Lord, we ask you to help us to live it out. In Jesus' name, amen. I like to fish. I, uh, especially before, um, before I moved into Anchorage, I'd go fishing a lot. <clears throat> I caught, you guys know, you guys ever, anybody caught a pike before? You got a pike they say pike are kind of like in the, uh, in the alligator family. They're like alligators with fins that swim. It's pretty crazy. And uh, I caught a 30-inch pike before one time in my lake. And uh, it's about this big. What was funny is <laughs> I got up at like 5 that morning to go catch this fish. This has nothing to do with my message, but anyway. Got like 5 that morning to go catch this fish and, or to go catch a pike because my brothers were catching pike all the time. And I, I hadn't caught one. I'm not the best fisherman be honest with you, and uh, I just wasn't anointed for that, you know, and, uh, and so I, I go out, and I, I get in my, uh, I get in a canoe, or not a canoe, a paddle boat, uh, I got a paddle boat, and I paddled across the lake, and I fished along the shore, because that's where the pike hide, and then on the way back, it was like 7.30, I got up at like 5 o'clock, on the way back at like 7.30, the sun started coming up, <clears throat> I, uh, I'm coming across the lake, and I just have my pole over my shoulder, I'm just trolling, I got a MEPS 4, if you don't know what that is, it's okay. And so it's spinning, okay? And literally, my boat, or the, the paddle boat just stops, and I, I know I hit something. I'm thinking I'm hitting a log, but I'm in the middle of the lake. My boat just goes, turns all the way around, and I'm standing up, and my line goes straight down. I'm thinking, oh, great, I got a log in the middle of the stinking lake. And so I'm reeling it in, and I'm like pulling, and then reeling down, and I'm pulling, and I'm reeling down. And all of a sudden, things start fighting, so I'm fighting this thing back, and I, I'm thinking, what kind of, what, because the, the thing is, the reason why I was not expecting a fish to be in the middle of the lake is because pike hang out on the shore. They ha- hang out in the weeds next to the shore. They don't usually go into the deep parts of the lake. And so for me to catch a fish in the deepest part of the lake, which it was, it was the middle of the lake, it was about 30 feet deep, it probably had followed me from all the way across the lake, and it was persistent, and I caught this 30-inch pike, and all my brothers were jealous, and it was awesome. That's it, man. I told you it had nothing to do with my message. But anyway, I, uh, my family, we go fishing to, uh, the, in the Kenai River every year. Anybody go fishing in the Kenai River? Yeah. What about the Russian River? Anybody, any crazy Russians around here? Well, that's not a... Anyway. <clears throat> crazy Russian River fishers. Uh, we, we went down... My, about, it must have been about eight years ago now. It must have been 14. And... Uh, no, 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 I'm sorry. I was, I was 16 years old. So I, this, was, this was about six years ago. I, uh, I go, I, I'm, I'm a deckhand. I'm, I'm helping this guy uh, fish. We're, we're, I'm working on the Deshka Landing, helping this guy catch king salmon. Anybody caught a king salmon before? Nobody. My goodness. Just the Soldatna girls. That's about it. Oh, Hannah, too. Okay. And uh, Jesse, Gabe, yeah. Well, um, so I'm, I'm a deckhand, so this whole summer I'm fishing. That's all I did. I just, I just love to fish. 
And so we take, the, we, we, my parents have uh, some friends that came up from all the way up from Alabama. And they wanted to go fishing. So we took them, we took them to the Kenai River, which actually was on the Russian River, at the, at the mouth of the Kenai and the Russian River. We took them there to go fishing. And I caught my limit. I caught my, my, my silvers and I went on the beach and I was just chilling. There was this girl, she was about nine years old. She came uh, with the family and she was kind of one of those uh, just obnoxious uh, little girls, <clears throat> and I, I bless her heart, but you know she just was, and uh, she she uh, she was just just talking all, and it's my talk time, you know. So I didn't want to have to argue with this little sixteen-year-old, or sorry, I was a sixteen-year-old, she was a nine-year-old, and we'd we'd argue, we just met each other, but she'd always take my time to talk, you know. So so I didn't really have a, we weren't we didn't really hit it off off the bat, but but she just be, she started realizing that. I knew how to fish, and she had never fished before, and so she started acting nice to me, and started bribing me, I'll make you cookies, <laughs> for real, she was saying she'd make me cookies, I was like, you ain't going to make me, and then our family was like, no, she can cook, I was like, all right, <laughs> and so I started realizing that, man, if I help this girl catch a fish, because she hadn't caught one before, she'd give me some cookies, you know, <laughs> so that's all I'm thinking, I'm thinking of food, so I walk down, and, and I'll show all of my, my gear later, but I walk down, and I, <clears throat> I get in the water with her, and I'm just acting like I'm just the coolest guy, you know, helping the little girl catch a fish, you know. So she's casting, and, and at this, the, this part of the river, it's actually deep, and if you fell in, you're not, no, bad juju. I mean, you're going down the river, and you're probably going to die, especially if you're nine years old, and you're obnoxious like her, because she's screaming, nobody's going to come help her, you know. <laughs> just, just the truth, man. Don't, don't, don't be offended, man. I'm preaching now. So... So she's standing in front of me, and she's casting, and I'm helping her cast, and three casts. Somebody say amen. Amen. She hadn't caught nothing the whole time. And three casts, i got to get this fish on. And she's like, what? You know, I'm a whole, trying to hold the pole for her, and she's all excited. And she's like, oh, my gosh. And she's like turning around, I'm like, no, stay forward, you know. <laughs> so she's holding that pole, and she, she's all like looking at me like this, you know. And, uh, and so she's fighting, and I'm, I'm trying to help her to, you know, teach her how to fight this fish. You don't want to keep the drag too tight because the line could break, and if you have it too loose, the fish will just take off. So I'm trying to fix the drag for her and trying to make sure that she gets this fish because she's stoked, you know. So she's fighting it, and I'm, I'm trying to help her to reel it in, and her family's like, don't let her reel it in. We're trying to get some video. So we're trying to prolong catching this fish. And so she's holding it, and then she starts just yanking on the thing. And I'm going, what are you? She's like, I want to bring it in. You know, she's just, she wants to bring this thing in. So she starts yanking on it. I said, stop yanking. So I'm trying to hold it, and she's, you know, she's, she keeps yanking it, and I keep telling her, look, if you keep yanking this thing, you're gonna, it's going to come off. And she's like, I just want to bring it in. She's arguing with me, you know. And I, so I hit her again. I'm just kidding. I didn't hit her again. <laughs> so she just keeps reeling, and then, and then she'll yank it, and she kept yanking it. And I said, I, I think her name was uh, Cindy. Anyway, I said, Cindy, stop yanking the pole. And her parents said, I heard him whispering, is he yelling at her? You know. So I just, stopped, I just started being quiet, and she just kept yanking, kept yanking. And all of a sudden, <laughs> line gets snapped. And, <laughs> and she's like, oh, this is stupid. And I'm like, oh, and I felt something in my face. And I'm like, oh, what the heck? So she grabs a pole. And I'm, I'm holding my face. I'm like, oh. and it was numb, you know, because something hit me in the face. I'm like, oh, what in the world is this? So I'm sitting there, and I'm like, oh. And it was kind of dazed. Like, it was just a sudden stun, you know. I'm like, oh. So she's like, oh, this is stupid, you know. So she grabs a pole and starts running up the beach. I'm like, oh! And literally, she grabs me, and the hook is in my lip right there. And she goes, mm, and she keeps pulling it. Mm. I'm like, oh! And I'm falling into the water, I'm hanging, and she's got, and then finally, everybody starts screaming, so she drops the pole, and she's, and she starts yelling and stuff. I'm like, give me my cookies, woman! You know, I'm just, I'm about, I about had it, but my face, I didn't, still hadn't felt nothing, but man, when she started pulling on that, these, these hooks, I don't think it's one on this one, but they've got a little barb in it, so when they go in, they, they, they don't come out very easily. Dang it. And so she starts yanking on that thing, and I'm falling in the water, and gut blood just starts pouring out of my mouth, and I'm, I'm thinking, dang, and the, the, what happened was, is the, the, the hook hit me right here, pulled it right here, the stinking weight comes around, bam, hits me in the back of the head. I about lost it. So I'm walking up the beach like this and dragging my pole, you know. 
So finally, they snip the, they snip the line off, you know, and she's like crying, and I, I looked at her, you better cry, you know. <laughs> I told her like six times, don't pull the stinking pull, you know. So I'm sitting there, and my dad pulls out his pliers. Yeah, Jesus, help us, you know. So I was saying, oh, Jesus, help me, Jesus. And so my dad just starts wiggling it, you know. So he's trying to get it out, and he's pulling. He's kind of, and I'm like, every time in my gut, oh, I'm about to throw up, you know, because the thing hurt so bad, it was way in there. And so then they're talking like, man, maybe we'll just push it through the lip and cut it off and pull it through. Do I have an opinion? No, they're like, they're like making plans on what they're going to do to my face. And then I'm sitting there, I don't, I don't know. They're like, oh, how about we just push it through the other side and pull it around and cut it up there? And I'm going, hold up, man. This is my face. You know, I, so I started getting frustrated, and then they started listening to me. I said, look, just yank it out. And at this point, I had eaten nothing all day. So I'm all nauseous, and I'm like, oh, gosh. And so they're holding me up. <clears throat> so they're yanking, yanking, yanking. The thing is, just, it ain't going nowhere. It just keeps hurting worse. It just keeps getting deeper and deeper and deeper. So then this guy comes, this is 15 minutes later. Blood's coming out, I'm holding out. I'm like, oh, my. I just feel, yeah, I just about to throw up, you know. And this guy comes over, and he, he'd been standing there for like 15 minutes watching the whole thing. He goes, hey, I'm, I'm fishing game. And I see this happen at least four or five times a year. So he says, here, come here. So he stands me up, and he pulls out his pliers. I'm like, oh, great. And he says, now, look, I've done this, I've done this many times, and almost half the time I get punched. So I'm going to have your dad stand in front of you. <laughs> Don't punch me. He goes, I'm just going to yank it out. <laughs> so he grabs it. Boom! Just yanks it out. And I didn't punch nobody. I just fell to the ground. I was, so, I was just nauseous. And they carried me back, ate some cookies, and fell asleep. <laughs> Still got a little bump there, too. But things like that happen a lot on the Russian River. You hear stories about people getting hit in the eye and eyeballs coming out and things like that. So, look, if you go fish on the Russian or on the Kenai, wear glasses. Cool. And you might even just wear a mouth guard just for the heck of it, you know? <laughs> they were making jokes about how they caught me and I was a big catch and stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, laughing. <laughs> you guys are so funny. <laughs> I, never got, I, I never got my cookies later. She never made them for me, but I got cookies when I got back to the, to the motorhome. No. They, well, it's on a video, but that's back in Alabama. I should, I should get a copy of that. I should, I should email that girl. But. Jesus likens evangelism to fishing. And I want to talk about fishing. I want to talk about the metaphor of fishing tonight. Because I think that if we look at fishing and what it's like to fish on the Russian River, we'll learn a lot about how we can witness to our brothers and sisters. Does that sound good? Does that sound good? Jesus was a guy, was a man, he was the man God, the God man, who knew how to fish for men. He knew how to take regular people and turn them into fishers of men. And we want to be a youth ministry that doesn't only love Jesus and doesn't only love each other, but learns to love people who aren't in our family and who aren't saved. Does that make sense? And we want to learn how to fish. In the past six years that I've been coming here, I don't even remember a message that we've ever talked about, about evangelism and witnessing. I think there was times where we talked some things, but look, there is a shift that's going to take place in this youth ministry, and we're going to start doing evangelism and start witnessing the people. Jesus, Jesus lived in such a way that the religious people just hated him. But the sinners loved him. And they were comfortable around him. Jesus lived in such a way that he was accused of being friends with sinners. He was accused of going to parties and hanging out with sinners. And the Pharisees hated him. But the sinners loved him and were comfortable being around him. We should live in such a way that when we get around religious people, they can't stand us. But man, when we get around sinners... They just love being around us. When we get around people that are living in the world, we ought, they ought to feel like, man, I feel like I'm at home when I'm around you. And the truth is, that is not the truth for most of us in this room. Because most of us, or I would say most of us, some of us in this room are a little too religious. 
And so we're going to talk tonight about fishing and how not to be religious when you're fishing. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Gabe Meisner, thanks for letting me borrow your fly pole, brother. This is a fly pole with a, a Russian fly on the end of it. This is a, this is a good... This is a, how many fly fish? Any fly fishers in here? Yes, I don't fly fish. I usually just use a, uh, just use a, uh, just a silver pole, or this, I just use a silver pole when I go to the Russian. But this will work for me tonight. I don't have my, stop touching that, man. I'm going to hit you in the head with it. <laughs> just messing. When you go fishing, you have to have the right equipment. Say equipment. You have to be geared up with the right stuff. This is called, these are called, Chest waders. I'd put them on for you tonight. Don't ask me because they don't fit me. These are like size five shoe. My shoes are like three times bigger than these. But these are hip waders and they come up to you, or sorry, these are chest waders. These come up to your chest and these are boots and we're going to talk about each of these tonight. <clears throat> the first thing about fishing, and we're going to dig it, my message tonight is fishing 101. The first thing about fishing is you got to get geared up, say geared up, yeah. for the environment. You got to get geared up for the environment. When you go fishing, you can't just show up with a, with a trout pole. If you go fish on the, on the Kenai or on the Russian River, you can't show up with a trout pole and with six-pound line. You don't know what that means? In other words, you can't show up with a little pole and, and little lightweight line. You've got to show up with the right stuff. Say, right stuff. Right. Otherwise, you're just going to get beat up and you ain't going to catch nothing. The first thing you've got to have right is you've got to have your fly and your hook in the right place. Okay. Sorry, your fly and your weight in the right place. This is a fly. This is a hook. This is what you catch the fish with. Say yes. yes. This little thing on here, I, I just did one because I don't want to hurt anybody, so two would hurt worse. This is a simple weight. When you're growing down, when you're fishing at the Russian River, the river is going very fast. It's coming by real, real, real fast. And so you got to have a weight that is holding down your hook. Otherwise, you stow it in there without a weight, and the hook is just going to float on top of the water. But if you have a weight, the weight will bounce on, on, the, on the bottom of the river, on the rocks of the river. Come on now. The weight will b bounce on the rocks of the river. And what will happen is you'll get some kind of effect like this. This is the bottom of the river and it's floating down, and the fly is going to float to the top. And so what you want to do, because the, the fish are coming right through the middle, going up the river with their mouths going like this, you want to put that hook right in front of them. And so what you want to do is you want to make sure that your weight <clears throat> and your hook are in the right placing. And usually they say about middle of your chest, just about like this, so that when, that, when, when you set that in there, it hits, the, it hits the ground, it, float, it, it bounces on the bottom of the ground, and your hook is right in front of that fish's mouth. Does that make sense? Yeah. And what does this mean? You have to learn your culture. You have to learn the culture that you are in. The culture of Anchorage. You have to learn your culture. The problem with us as Christians is that we become culturally illiterate. Yeah. As a matter of fact, most of us are culturally illiterate. In other words, you don't even know how to talk the language of your culture. you got to know the culture in such a way that when you go fishing, it's easy for you to meet with people and to catch people. I'm talking about is bringing people to the Lord. you got to know their culture. You can't go in there acting like you know everything, but don't cast the, cast the hook and cast the weight in the right place. Because if your hook and if your weight is in the wrong place, you ain't going to catch nothing all day long. So you got to know what is your culture. How fast is the current? You don't go casting in the rapids. You go casting in deep waters. you got to know your culture. As a Christian... There's a problem with us as Christians. We get so inundated with the Christian culture that we forget about the world's culture. And you're never going to lead somebody to Jesus out of the world's culture if you don't go to their culture and learn their culture. Right. you got to put your weight and your fly in the right place. In other words, you have to be culturally 
relevant. And some people, oh, that's a sin. No. Jesus became a man. And he lived among men. And he became a Jewish person. And he spoke their language. He became culturally relevant to meet them where they were. And the problem with Christians is that we're really good at worshiping and loving Jesus and good at hanging out with each other, but we're not good at being relevant with our city and with our world to reach them where they are. You need to be relevant. The second thing you need to do also is you need to have the right boots and the gear. I'm not going to put that on. I already said that. But these boots are so unique. This is called felt. These boots, oh, dang. (laughs) Sorry, bro. Couldn't help myself. When you, step, when you step into the river, the rocks are really, really, really slick. And if you don't have the right boots on, you're going to fall in the river. I've fallen before, and I've seen people fall and go down the river. <laughs> seen it happen before. It happened to him before. So if you don't have the right boots on, you're going to fall. And as a Christian, if you don't have the right gear on, the right armor on, you're going to fall when you're in the world. If you don't have the right gear on, you're going to fall into sin in the world. If you don't have the armor of God on, you're going to fall in this world. You can't just go up in there acting like you're going to save everybody, but you don't even know who you are, you don't know whose you are, and you don't even have a family backing you up. There's two things, if you're taking notes, there's two things that you need to have as armor and as boots to protect you. One, you need to know who you are, and you need to know whose you are. Yeah. You need to know that you're a child of God, and you need to know that, you're, that you are His. That I'm a child of God, I'm righteous, I'm His child, and He loves me. And that I'm His son, I'm His daughter. And two, you have to have a family that's backing you up. You have to have people, you have to have a group of people that know you and love you, that you know them, and they know you. If you go in there without a family, you're going to fall into their little world and you're never going to come out. If you go in there without knowing who you are, you're going to be confused. You're going to go into their world and you're going to start doing what they do. But you've got to know when you go into their world, when you get into a culture and you start spending time with people that don't know Jesus and are living in sin, if you don't have the right boots on, the right gear on, you're going to fall. I put on in Ephesians 6, he says, put on the helmet of salvation. You've got to make sure that your head is set on the right things as you walk in those places. You can have the breastplate of righteousness. In other words, I am a child of God. I'm righteous in Jesus. You have to have the belt of truth to keep you steady and on guard at all times, no matter what happens and no matter what situation you're in. You're still steady and you're stable. And you have to shod your feet with the gospel of peace. In other words, you have a purpose. You're going to bring the good news to people. You have to have the armor of God on. To sum it up, you need to know who you are and you need to have a family. If you just came out of the world, I'd encourage you to spend time in your word, to spend time in prayer, to grow in your relationship with Jesus, and to grow with your relationship with people before you start going into the world, because you're going to fall. You've got to have the right boots on. You've got to get geared up for their environment. You've got to study. Come on, if you're taking notes, this is the key right now. You have to study your culture. We as Christians ought to study our culture. Study your culture. Study your your, your, the basketball or the athletic culture. Study the school culture. Study family culture. Study the gang culture. Study cultures and ask God, where, God, where are you going to put me? Study your workplace culture. Study how they act and how they talk. Study them and be with them. Three, you got to get in the water. You can't just get these boots on and get your pull out and not get in the water. You have to step into the water. You go to the Russian River, you're, you're very few, few people are standing on the bank. 99% of them are in the water with their gear on. And as a Christian, you can't, you're not going to lead somebody to Jesus praying for them in your prayer closet. Get into the water. Get into the culture. Step into their world. Is this making sense? Step into their world. Get, get inundated. Get <clears throat> baptized, if you will. Not like I'm committing my life to this, but baptized in such a way that you, are, you know their world and you know their culture. You know how they talk, how they think, how they act. This ain't going to happen overnight. This ain't going to happen from a class. This is going to happen from you being in there and being with them. Right. Well, I'm a holy Christian. Sure, you're a holy Christian. But you're not a holy Christian if you're not in the world loving the world. Right. You're insecure and you're broken. Get in the world. Get in the world. 
Get in the world. John 1.14 in the message translation said this, the word became flesh and blood. Jesus becomes flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. You can't just get your gear on. You got to move in. You can't, I'm a, I'm a righteous man of God. I'm pr- God bless them. Oh Lord, save all them people. See, what if God would have done that to us never came to earth? None of us would have known him and we wouldn't be saved. But Jesus became a man so he could relate with man and speak to man and talk on man's language and on man's Level. Get in the water. Jesus spoke Aramaic. Jesus spoke Aramaic. I want you to think about that for a minute. Jesus spoke their language. Do you think Jesus spoke their language because their language is a holy language? Or did Jesus speak their language because that's the language they spoke? And as Christians, we speak in Christianese and people don't even understand what we're saying. Jesus spoke Aramaic so that people would understand him. And even this, he prayed to God in Aramaic so people would understand how he related with God. Is is Aramaic a holy language? No. Aramaic is not a holy language any more than English is a holy language. And as Christians, we need to learn the language of our culture and learn how to communicate with our culture and stop being religious and speaking Christianese. Oh, bless God. Who's God? Shut up. I don't even like you. Stop being religious. Speak their language. Speak their language. Man, what if Jesus came and started talking about the Trinity? People, what the heck is he talking about? Jesus came. He met with them. He, he wanted to show them that he cared more about them. Than he, want, he, cared, he cared about their well-being more than he wanted them to hear his good teachings. People, people, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And if you don't live with them and get in their world and love them and spend time with them, they're not going to give a stink. They're not going to give a stink. I said stink. They're not going to give a stink what they think about you or what, 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 what you have to say. It's so funny. We talk to hundred people. We're like, hey, man, what's going on? Oh, yeah, I love you too. Yeah, bless you. Okay, come to church. They're like... I don't want to go to church with you because immediately they know your agenda. Get in the water. Number four, look for fish. When you start getting around people, find a person or a group. Start looking. As Christians, we go places and we, yeah, I'm in the world, but you're not looking for people and you're not looking for groups of people. You're just there and you think you're in the world. No, put on them glasses, look in the water, find the fish. Because when you go fishing, you don't just cast and hope something bites, especially in the Russian River, because they don't bite. You catch them. And so when you go fishing for people, they're not going to come biting on your hook. You've got to look for them. You've got to go to them, and you've got to build a relationship with them. Look for people. And then, two, pray for people. Don't walk up to them, can I pray for you? They're going to think you're weird, and they ain't going to bring... That rarely ever brings people to Jesus. I'm not saying don't ever do that. I mean, if God comes down to heaven and tells you to go pray for something, go do it. And if you feel so compelled, then, then, you know, that's just your deal. But I think that's weird. Because that is rarely ever brings people to Jesus. And if they do, they might come for a day. Then they turn around because they think you're a weirdo. <clears throat> Gabriel, you have the fear of man. No, I don't. I've seen what works. And that doesn't work. What works is relationships. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not worried about going into a diamond center and telling people about Jesus. I'm worried about them thinking I'm an idiot and never coming to Christ. Because they think I'm a weirdo. Not, I don't have a fear of man. Get in the water. Look for fish. Go to the fish. Fish ain't going to jump out of the water. Get on your pole. Happened one time to me. Doesn't happen often. No, for real, I was driving in Seward. <laughs> on this boat. Craziest thing. I've never seen anything like this before. When revival starts breaking out, things like this happen. We're driving the boat. Literally. Literally, a fish jumps out of the water and gets in the boat. I'm like, dang! Not even kidding. Fish were jumping all over. One fish jumped over from from side to side. I watched, dang! No joke. But that rarely ever happens. When that starts happening, man, pray for everybody. We don't live in a culture where people are running to Jesus. We live in a culture where people are running from Jesus. And they need to hear us that we love them and we want to be with them. All right, cast, 10 and 2. Man, I'm running out of time. You guys good? You guys good? Hey, school's out forever. Hey, man, come on now. 
I got a shout out there. Okay. You got to be intentional when you cast. A cast is your conversations with people. When you cast, you got to cast when you're fishing on the river. Okay, if I'm standing in the river, I stand on the river. If I cast at nine o'clock, say if I cast like this, okay, if I cast like that, you're okay. Get out there, man. What's going to happen is it's going to catch the drift and it's going to come, it's going to hook me, it's going to hook somebody else. If I cast at 12, the, the current's going to take it and shoot it down there, I ain't going to catch nothing. But if I cast at 10 o'clock, it's going to catch the right current, it's going to bounce across the water, and then the fish, the fish that are right there, I'm trying to catch that fish right there. Some of you taking notes on how to get a girlfriend, and that ain't right. <laughs> hey! When you go to catch a fish, you cast 10, you pull through, you kind of lead it, you lead it, and you're catching that fish right there, and you're pulling the hook through. Because what's going to happen is this hook is going to be dancing right about there. And the river's coming fast this way. So you're coming through, and then you pull through, and you're trying to hook them right in the mouth. Just like they hook me right in the mouth. You're trying to hook them right in the mouth. So you got to cast at 10, and you got to pull at 2. Does that make sense? You cast about 10 o'clock, and you pull about 2 o'clock. And if you're on the other side of the river, you cast at 2, and you pull at 10. Okay? Some of you are going to catch fish this summer. You're going to come and bless me and give me one. Look, when you're casting, your cast is conversation. Check this out. When you cast, you got to cast where they are. You can't just cast. Well, and start, like, they play, they play the guitar, and you start talking about tennis. No, find out where they are, find them, and then cast where they are. Talk to them in their language where they are. Does that make sense? Meet them where they are at. Find them where they're at and talk to them at their level. I'm not saying when they're cussing that you start cussing. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying they start cursing God, you start cursing. I'm not saying that. I'm saying talk at their level. Communicate where they are. Does that make sense? Ask intentional questions. Matt could go on and on about this. Ask questions. Don't tell all the good things you've done and haven't do. Ask questions. You know who the best question asker is? The God of the universe. Jesus is the best question. If you read through the Bible, I bet you found more questions than you find anything else from God. God is always asking questions. In the Garden of Eden, what's the first thing he said? Adam and Eve, where are you? What did he say to Cain and Abel? Cain killed Abel, right? Where's your brother? What's Jesus? The first thing he said when John and, and James started looking to fall on him. Jesus turned around and he said, what do you want? What did he say to Peter, James, and John, all the disciples when they were sitting there? He says, who do you say that I am? Jesus is always asking questions. What do you want? I kind of want to be healed. Well, then I'm going to heal you. Ask good questions. Amen? Amen. Find out where they are. Ask good questions and be intentional about it. Next thing is this. This is going to hit somebody upside the head. When you cast, some people, you walk in and they come, they come casting like this. And, they're, and, they're, and they think they're going to... They think they're going to catch something doing like this. But when you cast, that one hit me in the side of the arm right there, man. That got me good. <clears throat> when you cast, you got to cast with care and consideration. Check this out. When you hit the water, you know what happens when you splash the water? Then fish scatter, don't they? Yeah. And when you come in the side of the culture and you start talking to people in religiosity, they scatter. You know what splashing the water is in the spirit? It's when you walk in there all religious, talking about God and church and stuff. I'm not saying don't talk about God and church. I'm saying when you're talking to the world, don't talk about God and church. Just meet them where they're. If they ask you about God and church, we'll say, oh, I, got, I got the answer right now. And you start preaching. But don't go in there slapping the water. Amen? Man, we can stay on that point for a long time. Don't slap the water. The Lord spoke that to me today. That's for some of you right now. We go in there slapping water and stuff, acting like we're saving people. And you know, you know what slapping water looks like? It looks like just sitting there praying inside of Claudia Brothers. We you saying I can't pray? No, shut up. I'm saying you should pray at home. Go pray at home. And spend time with people at Claudia Brothers. You're splashing the water. And people are like, what the heck are these? These people are crazy. They're weird. People aren't getting saved when you're praying. All right. Anybody started praying in Claudia's? Anybody got saved before? Just praying Claudia's. Exactly. Doesn't happen. Pray in your prayer closet. Get your closet in order. Amen? <clears throat> and talk to people where they are. Stop splashing the stinking water. 
got my stinking arm in the back. You know what it looks like? Do you know what it looks like to cast with consideration and care? That sounds good right there. Sorry. You know what it looks like? It looks like you serving people. It looks like you blessing people. It looks like you loving people. It looks like you listening to people. It looks like you loving people even when they don't love you back. It looks like you loving people even if they've hated you for six years. It looks like you just keep on loving people and stop being religious. Even if they don't respond, just keep loving, blessing, serving, honoring people and respect people. You know what Jesus always did? He respected sinners. But man, he would condemn the righteous people. Sounds good right there. You see what I'm saying? Guys, if you, please hear me. When you are with people that are not saved, let your goal be to bless them. Let your goal be to listen to them. I'm not saying, thou art blessed, O son of God. I'm saying you're saying, like if they look good, say they look good. Ask them questions. Encourage them. Listen to them. Honor them. Don't make fun of them. You think people are going to save you making fun of them? Re- listen to them. Respect them. Amen? Cast with care and consideration. Don't splash the water. And then you're going to hook them good. Hook them good. Oh, look at that right there. Look at that right there. Bam. Got me good right there. Hook them good. You know what you're catching them with? You're catching them with the love of God. You know what that hook is? That hook represents the love of God. Hook them with the love of God. And when they start flapping, and they start, how many got a fish on before? That's the best part. You get, you know, it's just, I I could do that all day long. It's like the best feeling, isn't it? And when people start biting onto that, and they start going, you know, I, I think I, I think I kind of like you. What church you go to? Man, you, you got something right there. That's, they're nibbling. Well, uh, and you're all freaking out, you know. Because uh, you're all like, I feel something. And man, when, they, when, they, when you hook that thing, when you get that and it, and it flies out of the water at surface, some of us freak out. Whee! Start just yanking on that thing. It's going to hang back and hit you in the side of the head like it did to me. Don't start yanking. This is the key. So many people get fish on, but they don't know how to reel them in. When they start biting, we tend to scare them off. You know what you're supposed to do? Give them some slack. Let out your, loosen your drag. Your drag is the, it it, it determines the tightness of your reel. You can either tighten it straight up so no line's coming out, or you can loosen up a little bit so the line comes out. You You know what that is in the spirit realm? That's being patient. Be patient. Let them kind of just play. Oh, I'm about to start preaching now. Let them just kind of go. You know where they're trying to go? You know where they're trying to go? They're trying to go to the rapids. Because you know what happens in the rapids? That hook will eventually come out. You know what the rapids are? That's living a sinful life. When you start loving people and loving people, they start testing to see how much you love, they love you. They'll start making fun of you. They'll start persecuting you. They'll start going living more unholy and ungodly than before. And you shouldn't judge them because they're living ungodly. They're not saved. Let them sin. But you just keep on holding on. And you're holding on with the love of God. And you don't let go. You just keep loving them. You just keep blessing them. You just keep holding on. You keep giving them patience. And eventually, they'll tire out. They'll give up. They'll come running into the beach. And you'll reel them in. And they'll lay on the side of the beach. And they'll say, stab me in the side of the head. I want to be born again. Man, when when you start getting one on, don't get in a rush, man. Why are we in rushes? Oh, I think somebody's starting to come. I'm going to tell them about church. Man, you just scared them off. He just ran to the rapids and broke the thing. He just came back, got you in the mouth, and you're going to, I ain't never doing evangelism. This thing sucks, you know. <laughs> Give him slack. Love is patient. Love is kind. Keep being kind. Look, when they start living in sinful, don't judge them and condemn them. You condemn her? Keep loving them. Keep being patient. You know what the Bible says in Romans 2, 4? It's the kindness. It's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. 
that fish is going to give up after a while. They're going to get tired. You'll hear people say that on the bank. Let them, let them get tired. I know. Just let them get tired. Trying to run from your love. But they'll never forget. They'll never forget when you bless them when they're having a tough time. When you listen to them. When you heard them. When you're patient. Man, be patient. Be kind. Let them come to you. And let them lay on their backs. And say, you know what? I'm turning. I repent of my sin. And I want to be born again. So this man's going to die. So a new man can come to life. That ain't going to happen. you just trying to get in there. Got him. Got him good. That ain't going to happen. Butcher and fish, they go swimming off still alive. They never come to church. Amen? Learn their culture. I like summing things up. Learn their culture and get geared up with their culture. Okay? Learn their culture. Two, get in the water. Get in the water. Say amen. Get in the water. Get in their culture. Spend time with people who don't know Jesus. You know what? We're still on two. You know what will help you? Why don't two of you, Jesus said this is good news. Why don't two of you go together and go spend time with somebody or two people or a group of people that don't know Jesus? Come on, somebody. If we start living this life, in five years our city is going to be turned upside down. But if you just keep sitting here in prayer calls and God, our world's so horrible, just kill them, Lord. Just do what you can, Lord. <laughs> Nothing's going to happen. And you're just as wrong as anybody else. Go with people. Well, I need my fellowship. Go with them. You two together. And go into the world and spend time with people. Amen? Stop just hanging out with your friends. Some of you convicted right now. Stop just hanging out with each other. Hang out with each other for a purpose. When people come to this youth ministry and they don't know Jesus, we just keep talking to each other, hang out with each other. You just build our own little cliques all the time. People come in and they go out. Nobody loved me. They say they're Christians. They're just a little bunch of cliques and cults. You hear what I'm saying? We ought to be Christians that get inundated, that get baptized in our culture, and that can relate with people where they are and love them where they are. Get in the water in three. Be intentional. Be considerate. Be considerate. Consider others' needs greater than your own. Listen to them. Bless them. Serve them. Get geared up. Learn their culture. Get inside their culture and just keep loving them. And after a while, they'll give up. They'll let go and they'll say, man, I give my life to Jesus. Amen? Amen. Luke chapter 5, verse 10. As we're closing tonight. Sorry, verse 8. Peter says, or the Bible says, when Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees. And verse 10 says, from now on, you will catch men. When is the day going to come when we trade our life to catch men? The Bible says they left all else to follow Jesus. You know that day is going to come? Going back to what we were talking about earlier when we were worshiping. When you see it, when you set your mind on the love of Christ, you see what I'm saying? When you see the love of God, when you see the power of Jesus, when you start to see he was, he was, a, he was God in heaven, and he became a man, and he lived a godly life, and he went and died, he hung on a cross as a criminal, condemned to hell he died he was buried and he wrote he didn't just kind of tiptoe out of that grave friends he was raised and he ascended into heaven and he is seated with God with his father at his right hand it's the love of Christ when we get focused and we are motivated in such a way that, that the love of God is motivating us we will learn to lay down our lives, to offer up our lives as an offering unto God. We will trade our lives to be fishers of men. We will trade our lives to do everything we can to get inundated with a culture that we might love them and spend time with them, that they might give in. It might take six months. It might take a year. It might take five. It might take 20. Some will come quicker than others. Some will come, quick, some will come later than others. 
God is asking that we would trade our life to be fishermen. God is asking that you would trade your life to lay down your life, to trade your agenda, to trade what you want to do, to trade your plans to be a fisher of man. Some of you are going to say, I'm following Jesus. You are following Jesus? You know what Jesus is doing? He's saving people. And if you want to follow Jesus, and if you're following Jesus, then you ought to get in the business with the Father and start loving people and blessing people and pray and trust that God is going to lead them to Jesus. Amen? Will you stand with me? You guys are doing real good tonight. Patient, excited. It's crazy. 1 Corinthians 9. I'm going to read this again in the message translation. It says this. One last scripture. Just listen to this. He says, Even though I am free of the demands and expectations of everyone, I have voluntarily become a servant to any and all in order to reach a wide range of people. Religious, non-religious, Meticulous moralists, people that are just good people. Loose living immoralists, people who just do whatever they want to do. They're just living an immoral life. The defeated and the demoralized. Whoever, he says, I didn't take on their way of life. I kept my bearings in Christ. He says, I didn't start living like them in their sinful ways. I continue to follow Christ in my heart. But I entered their world and tried to experience things from their point of view. I've become just about every sort of servant there is in my attempts to lead those I meet into a God-saved life. I did all this because of the message. I didn't just want to talk about it. I wanted to be in on it. The reasonable life is a life who trades their whole life to be a fisher of men. If you haven't traded your life to be a fisher of men, you're living unreasonable. But man, when you trade your life, people want to say, well, that guy's just radical. He's always talking to people and loving people. No, they're not radical. They're reasonable. And you're not living reasonable if you haven't traded your life to be a fisher of men. Can I challenge us one more time? Can we change our culture that every single one of us lives in such a way that we start learning our culture and we start learning the way they talk and act so that we can learn to love them where they are and pray that some way, somehow, God would transform their heart to want to believe in Jesus? Let's start living like that. Amen? Remember, it's because he loves us. It's because he loves us. Let's pray.